0: So we love our kids, but parenting them is a complex and often confusing task. To simplify things, it's helpful to understand that we can reduce the job of parenting to one guiding principle, to equip our children to meet the demands of reality. Boundaries with kids can be difficult to set, but they are necessary. One day our children will need to face reality and handle it without our guidance. By setting boundaries, we're helping our kids to take ownership of their lives. We are raising our children to be responsible adults in other words God's plans for parenting are designed to take a small person who is helpless and dependent and over time produce an adult who can make great choices and decisions Uh, Josh go ahead and read Proverbs verse uh, chapter 22 verse 6
1: sure Um, Proverbs 22 6 train up a child in the way he should go even when he
0: is old he will not depart from it So on their own, our children would need to make mature decisions, several mature decisions, to follow Christ, to find great relationships, set their core values and morals, handle romance, dating, marriage, family paths, as well as craft their passions and their career. One of the most valuable tools you can use to help your kids develop, no matter what age they are, is that of healthy limits, also called boundaries. Research shows that children who experience a household of clear and appropriate boundaries Delivered with love and warmth, they're much better equipped to meet the demands of reality over their lifespan. There are three results of kids uh, with boundaries learn. I'll put them up on the screen there. One's a sense of self. Kids need to know that their thoughts, their feelings, and their choices are theirs so that they can take responsibility for them. Your kids have their own minds. Even though they must obey the house rules and your rules, that is why overcompliant children, whose only concern is pleasing the parents, often struggle greatly when they have adult relationships. The second thing kids with boundaries learn is self-control. Self-control is one of the fruits of the spirit uh, mentioned in Galatians 5:23, and really, self-control is the purpose for all discipline. Josh, go ahead and read Proverbs 15:32. You don't have that one? I don't have it on. Okay, I'll read that one I thought we had them all in there. I'm sorry. He who ignores discipline despises himself, but ever whoever heeds correction gains understanding. Children by nature are impulsive and controlled by their own whims. If you've ever taken your kid to a mall and given them a bunch of sugar, you probably experienced this. <laughs> have you ever witnessed a kid throwing a tantrum in a store? Parents who help their kids have boundaries also teach them to control their impulses and focus on what needs to be done, such as homework and chores. Self-control will help them with the rest of their lives. The third result is great relationships. Children need to know how to make friends with the right kinds of kids and say no to the wrong kinds of kids. Boundaries helps them know how to play appropriately instead of intruding on other spaces. They also help... They also help to say no to those wrong kinds of kids and habits that are not good for them. Parents with young children may think that saying no can be extremely tiring and frustrating. But parents should rest assured it's an absolutely essential part of parenting. So read Proverbs thirteen twenty four.
1: Okay. He who spares the rod hates his son, but he who loves him is careful to discipline him. Proverbs thirteen twenty four.
0: Pretty strong language, huh? He who... Spares a rod, hates his son, but he who loves him will discipline him. So when I was in high school, uh, kids were coming in uh, to my classroom, and they were talking a little bit uh, before class started. One of the kids said, "Oh, my parents are so terrible. Says they won't let me go to whatever the event was. I don't remember the event right now. Says so we have lots of rules in my house. I always have to follow." One of the other kids says, man, are you lucky. He says, I can do whatever I want. My, kids don't, my parents don't care what I do. My parents don't love me. You're so lucky to have parents that love you. So I don't remember what I taught that day, but I remember that lesson that those kids taught the class. <laughs> so no dis- discipline seems pleasant at the time, but it's painful. Um, is that what, that's one of yours, too. You go ahead and read that. Hebrews 12, is worth repeating.
1: No, dis, no discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it.
0: The, the thing that's happening when a child hears no is that they're learning boundaries. Boundaries learned at home early in life are the first exposure a child has to the world as it exists outside the home. And learning boundaries early enables children to integrate themselves more easily into the various social situations at school. First they learn them at home, then at school, and then out into the world. This is the basic progression of an individual experience with boundaries, and each step builds progressively on the one before it. Without adequate and reasonable exposure to boundaries at home, the child's gonna have a hard time with rules and boundaries at school. And if they aren't exposed to boundaries at school, then they are less likely to be successful in navigating the rules and boundaries they encounter when they eventually enter society at large. For parents, the key to setting boundaries is not so much in actually saying no, it's in knowing how to say no. Recent research into parenting styles has shown there are three primary approaches to raising children, I'm going to put them up on the screen. The three styles are the authoritarian style, the authoritative style and the indulgent style. Those first two are spelled uh, pretty similar, so I'm, I'm gonna explain them to you. First one's authoritarian style. For parents who use that style, everything's black and white. Parents with an authoritarian style have very high expectations of their children, but they provide very little in the way of feedback and nurturing. Mistakes tend to be punished harshly. When feedback is given, it's often negative. Yelling and corporal punishment are common with the authoritarian style. These parents rarely explain the rules or the consequences. This is the classic my way or the highway approach. So the next style, authoritative. In that style, the parents set firm boundaries, but take the time to explain to kids the whys and the wherefores of the rules. There may be some negotiation around the rules, but for the most part, Authoritative parents stick to their guns, and kids understand what the rules are and why their consequences are in place. Parents in this category tend to develop close, nurturing relationships with their children as they provide clear, firm, and consistent guidelines. Children in this category are responsible, they're able to manage their aggression, they have high self-esteem, and they're very self-confident. The parents are highly responsive, expect age-appropriate behavior, and the boundaries are clear and firm. Therefore, children are assertive, socially responsible, self-regulated, and cooperative. These children are also happy, capable, and successful. So the last style, the indulgent style, or the permissive style, in that style there are very few rules and even fewer consequences. Permissive or indulgent parents mostly let their children do what they want with very limited guidance or direction. There are occasionally rules present in the indulgent household, but the consequences are almost always negotiable. Indulgent parents rarely say no to their children's demands. They may also use toys or food as a bribe to get their children to behave. So what style do you think research shows is the most effective? Yeah, the number two, the authoritative style. I'm going to tell you one more story. This is not my notes. This is no no extra charge for this. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Again, back to the classroom. I once got assigned to teach a class. A principal came to me and said, we're going to start a new class. All the kids that are failing two or more subjects in a school are going to be put into a classroom and uh, learn study skills and and, uh, help get get help to pass these classes, and we think you're the best teacher for this job. I'm thinking, yeah, everybody else said no, and so you came to me. And <laughs> so, maybe I shouldn't have been negative, but that's what I thought at the time. I really didn't want to teach this class. But anyway, after a few weeks into the class, I thought, i got to give these kids a, what I called an incentive, not a bribe. <laughs> I said, we're going to have a pizza party. Everybody that gets all their grades up to passing by the end of the semester will get a pizza party put on by me in the classroom here. And I got to thinking after I told them we had a new rule in the classroom that year. There's no food allowed in the classroom. So I thought, "Ah, instead of being a rule breaker, I better go talk to the principal and tell him what I'm doing. (laughs) So I went down there. I talked to the principal. And I said, you know, I told these kids if they get all passing grades, I'm going to put on a pizza for them. I'm going to buy pizza for all these kids. And the principal says, you are not going to do that. I'm thinking, oh no, I already told the kids I was going to do it. He says, I am going to buy the pizza hut. Ooh, okay. (laughs) Well, I had one girl in the classroom that uh, food didn't, uh, you know, a lot of these kids came from indulgent parent households uh, where they didn't have many rules at home. But uh, food didn't uh, incentivize her, so... She hated me. You know, I'd get her to work every day. I'd, I'd try to help her, and, and, uh, but I forced her to, to do her homework, and she just hated me and let me know it. <laughs> and uh, I said, okay, I said, you know, why don't you get your grades up? Then you can get out of my classroom and never have to see me again. And that worked for her. She got her grades up, and she passed and I thought, good, I got, and uh, it, all this stuff worked for about half the class. Uh, they got their grades up passing. I thought, oh, great, I'm going to have fewer kids next semester. No, there were other kids that failed their classes <laughs> and got put into the second semester. So we did an ice cream party the second semester, but all that worked. So you're right, the research tells us the most effective style is the authoritarian, authoritative style. Parents who create an environment with firm rules and consistent consequences generally tend to raise kids who understand what the rules are and why they're in place. If a child breaks a rule, they understand it's their decision and is prepared for the resulting consequence. When I ha- taught high school, it took me a few months to figure out that the easiest way to control the classroom was to set up clear rules from the beginning and explain why those rules were in effect. When a student disrupted the class, I gave that student a choice to either go to the office and suffer those consequences or just follow the classroom rules and join the others in learning. Most of the time, they stayed in the classroom and uh, didn't disrupt it anymore. But occasionally, they'd go to the office, but that was their choice. It wasn't a student-teacher battle that took away from everybody's opportunity to learn. So here are some helpful tips on creating an authoritative atmosphere in the home. Understand the difference between discipline and punishment. In a nutshell, punishment is punitive in nature. and involves little communication between a parent and a child. In contrast, discipline is educational in nature. It involves open and direct communication between the parent and the child. While punishment focuses on making the child suffer for breaking the rules, discipline is about teaching them how to make a better choice the next time. The second tip is to be firm but loving. Kids need boundaries. Without them, they lose their way. They need clear rules and consistent consequences. But they need to them to be delivered with love, understanding, and kindness. Talking about the reasons for both rules and consequences help kids understand why they need to follow the rules. They don't just follow them out of a fear of a negative consequence of breaking them, Don't embarrass your child in public. Maybe they won't embarrass you in public. (laughs) Maybe. Back when I was the DMV manager, I got invited to the middle school to speak about uh, careers on their career day. And after about three classrooms, uh, in comes a new class. I, I give them the spiel on what jobs are available at DMV, how to qualify for the jobs, and then answered questions at the end. So in comes a new class, and my daughter's in this class that comes in. So I give the spiel, same spiel had been given in the other classrooms. I ask for questions. My daughter's hand shot straight up in the air. I'm looking all around, I'm looking all around. Nobody has their hand in the air except my daughter <laughs> hand in the air. So I thought, what's she want to know about DMV? She already knows everything about it. So I said, "Yes, young lady, what's your question?" She said. Do you ever come home from work after a really, really hard day and take it out on your kids? (laughs) So Jeff mentioned when he talked about business uh, boundaries uh, a few weeks ago, he said that we should set a boundary between our work life and our home life. So so that applies here (laughs) too. Another tip is don't act out of emotion. If you're angry with your child over a particular behavior, step back. Give yourself a short time before implementing a consequence. Take a deep breath, then speak to your child in a calm, reasonable, and rational manner. Kids internalize tone of voice and expression most, more than most parents realize. They'll be more likely to respect rules or consequences if they feel their parents are speaking to them with love, respect, and kindness. So here's an example of possible discipline by the authoritarian and the authoritative parents. Let's say two young boys steal candy from the grocery store. How each boy's parents deal with the situation characterizes the differences between these two parenting styles. When the boy with the authoritative parents finally arrives home, he receives a fair punishment that fits the nature of the transgression. Here's an example of how the authoritative parenting may look like in this situation. The child's grounded for two weeks and must return the candy and go apologize to the store owner. His parents talk to him about why stealing is wrong. His parents are supportive and encourage him not to, behave, not to engage in that type of behavior again. The other boy has authoritarian parents, so his consequences look quite differently. When he arrives home, he is yelled at by both parents. His father spanks him. His father orders him to spend the rest of the night in his room with no dinner. So, Josh, read Ephesians 6, 4. Okay.
1: Do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction
0: of the Lord. So, studies have found that children of authoritative parents tend to be happy and content. They're independent and self-reliant. They have good emotional regulation and self-control. They have competent social skills. They express positive attitudes and high levels of warmth. They achieve higher academic success. They develop good self-esteem, and they have better mental health, uh, less depression, less anxiety, suicide attempts, delinquency, alcohol, and drug use. So as you put these tips into use, resign from nagging. It can be tempting to remind our kids over and over and over to behave, but nagging without a consequence is useless. It simply trains them to ignore you until you give up or blow up. So don't give empty threats. For most parents, setting boundaries for young kids' behavior is second nature. No hitting, don't interrupt, we don't grab toys out of other uh, kids' hands. But as kids get older, boundaries uh, also need to be for social interaction. They need to learn to set boundaries for themselves and respect those of others. That takes empathy, being able to recognize what others want and need, as well as what they themselves want and need. It helps to start early by encouraging young children to talk about their feelings and think about what others might be feeling. For example, you can ask, "How do you think John felt when you took his toy away? How do you think Sally? Why do you think Sally won't share? How do you feel when Sally won't share her candy? Huh? How would you think if she if uh, she didn't share her candy with you?" It's also important to help kids to advocate for themselves when other kids are being pushy. You can help your child plan for what to do when someone isn't respecting their feelings or boundaries. Go over some simple phrases your child can use, like, please stop, I don't like that, or it's my turn now. As children mature, they need to know how to set their own boundaries. Material boundaries, such as governing how we lend money or possessions, can be learned from how we teach them to share and respect each other's items. Physical boundaries, like personal space and physical touch can be learned by teaching children it's okay to say no to physical contact or no to peer pressure. No can be a hard word to say because you might worry about other people, what other people will think about you when you say it. But if they're asking you to do something that feels bad, wrong, or embarrassing, then what they think of you already doesn't matter. Intellectual boundaries, such as forming our own thoughts, can be learned by teaching them to consider new information or perspectives, but being confident in their own stances also. As a parent, we should always lead by example. Teach your kids to be thankful rather than envious. Again, lead by example. Look at adults around you and see if you can recognize how envy plays a role in some of the more unhappy people you know. Think about some of the unhappy people in your life. Envious people long for more and more material possessions. They tire of their spouse and want one that's more exciting. They're unable to feel content and enjoy the things they have. They overvalue position, power, status, and money. They're continually dissatisfied with their job or career. They continually feel entitled to special treatment. And they feel they're above criticism or being questioned. The saddest aspect of envy is the emptiness envious people continually feel. Nothing is good enough, nothing fulfills them. Contentment is forever missing in their lives. Children first feel entitled uh, in order to be in control. Next children feel they're entitled not to suffer, to work or adapt to the rules and boundaries. Later children feel entitled to what others have. So the opposite of envy and entitlement is gratitude. We cherish what we've received. We feel fortunate to have what we have. The grateful person is happy and filled with joy. The envious person is miserable and filled with resentment. The difference between the envious person and the grateful person is character. Remember back to what I said uh, Bobby Douglas looked for in his wrestlers above all else was character. Parents need to help children work through their feelings of entitlement and envy and move to a position of gratitude. When children test their boundaries, don't say things like, stop crying or I'm going to give you something to cry about. (laughs) Show them empathy by saying something like, I hate it too when I don't get what I want, or I agree that sometimes life doesn't seem fair, but you still can't go. A child who's not expressing thanks needs to be talked to like, when you're bossy with me, you'll get less. When you say thankful, when you when you say thank you, you'll get more. Help your child to become a humble, grateful person. It's kind of a paradox. The envious want more and get less. The grateful are thankful for what they already have and they receive more. Kids eventually grow up and leave the nest. That's the cycle of life. So to adequately prepare for life as an adult, kids need to have a solid understanding of the rules and consequences. That's how society works. Out in the world, we call rules laws. Everyone knows they come with serious consequences. In the workforce, we call rules company procedures. The consequences could be anything from losing a job to a lack of career advancement or possibly not even getting the job in the first place. It's a parent's job to give the kids their first experience with these concepts so they can translate them into practical terms when they grow up. The earlier parents start creating firm and loving rules and consequences, the better off the child will be. Kids who have no concept of firm boundaries will have a difficult time adjusting to life when they find out some of the rules can't be broken and some consequences are non-negotiable. However, kids who have a solid understanding of these life fundamentals will have a good chance at successfully negotiating the challenges and opportunities that life presents every day. I want to leave you with one last Bible warning concerning boundaries and discipline. There are so many evil things in this world today that raising a child can be very scary. If you still think that disciplining a child is wrong, you may hear, want to hear what Josh is going to read found in Proverbs 19, verse 18.
1: Discipline your son, for in there, for in that there is hope. Do not be a willing party to his death.
0: So do you guys know anybody that died at a young age because of poor choices they've made? I know a couple. So uh, again, I'm just going to leave you with that. Discipline your son, for in that there is hope. Do not be a willing party to his death. Think about what that verse means to you. Okay, bow with me in prayer. Father, we want to thank you for the instruction you give on how to raise our children in a loving, godly manner. We pray that our children and grandchildren will grow up to be loving, responsible adults in our society. Thank you for helping us to raise the children that you have entrusted to us. In Jesus' name, amen.